What is going on? This is Mike Clark, Kill Procrastination. Um, we have a very, very exciting interview today. Um, we have the CEO of Elevate Commercial Investment Group. Not only that, uh, CEO of JNT Construction, uh, Mr. George. Um, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, man. How are you doing, Michael? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. I was very excited for that. I know this has been a long time coming. I really appreciate you taking your time out uh, to sit down and talk with me, especially with uh, the guests I also have. So, man, I'm, I'm just so excited. So I'm going to jump right into it. Um, can you just go into like a, like a small bio of yourself, you know? Yep. Uh, so, man, I was uh, born and raised in, in South Florida, Miami. Um, went to FIU, so University of Miami. Studied to be electrical engineer um, only because... I've always been really good at numbers and that seemed like the logical choice, but, uh, I didn't want to be an engineer, you know, and I realized that, uh, a couple years into it, uh, I wanted to build something, uh, larger. I wanted to be a business owner. Um, and real estate was always kind of in my, my life. You know, I had an uncle that, owned a couple apartments and then um, every time I went and I did research on successful individuals, real estate was always involved. You know, either they built their wealth off real estate or they um, took it to the next level using real estate. So started uh, looking into that um, while I was still going to college and then um, hired a coach and as soon as I did that, a couple months into it, you know, I was already doing some deals. By that time, I had graduated and I was working in uh, UPS in their engineering department. But while doing the real estate side hustle um, at the same time, and then about a year into that, I was doing enough where I quit. Um, that was about 15 years ago and have been doing real estate full time since. Started with single family, um, done a little bit and a lot of everything, <laughs> um, you know, small multi, uh, seller finance, wholesales, fix and flips, really did really like the fix and flips. And that's when I started the construction company. So okay. to scale, uh, got burned by a couple contractors while I was trying to scale and, and, you know, start doing high volume, um, and it wasn't until I started the construction company and, and brought it in-house that I was able to do that. So, you know, on a high note, we're probably averaging maybe 50 fix and flips a year plus another same or more in, in wholesales. And um, at some point, so about five years ago or so, I, I, I found myself spread pretty thin and had a lot going on. Uh, construction company was blowing up and I had a roofing division within the construction company that was also blowing up. And then, uh, I had like no time, <laughs> yeah. um, at all. So, and around the same time I got introduced to multifamily syndications and before that, you know, I didn't know, I figured whoever was buying these apartments was these private equity firs or just had a ton of ton of money. Um, 
And once I realized that you can syndicate it and you can bring these investors together and take down the apartments in that fashion, um, man, I, I was 100% sold, kind of went down the same path I did with single family. I hired a coach right away and um, started focusing 100% on multifamily. I stopped doing anything to do with single family. Um, not that I suggest doing that because multi does take a little bit longer to get going and actually start getting money coming in. Uh, but luckily I had the construction company that was kind of, um, you know, already running and, and that was bringing me income while I was getting the, the multifamily started. That's awesome. Now, George, I, I want to go back into what you said. You hired a coach and I, I know most people when they get started, they just like to go uh, the hard knock road where, you know, they just, they go through it. So they'll, they'll go ahead and throw their money into a property. think they're going to be able to fix it up. You know, all these things, all these little issues that can happen but you know can you talk about how hiring a coach maybe has you know saved you that that headache yeah no i mean it, it absolutely absolutely did um still made some mistakes here and there along the road but i definitely learned from some of theirs um and, and look anybody can do this right anybody it's how long you're gonna do it and how many mistakes are you gonna make along yeah. the way um a coach reduces that you know a good coach will make that timeline shorter and they'll try to make sure you don't make those same mistakes um so it's just it's up to you you know especially now there's so much um content and so many things you can learn um just from youtube or i guess you know would i get a coach again probably if not i would maybe at the minimum, try to find how I can add value to somebody that's already doing what I want to be doing at a high level and, and bring that value to them and at least learn. And in that sense, you're still getting a coach, right? You're just maybe not paying for it. You're bringing value. Yeah, yeah. Now, so you, you're in school, but did you start the construction company while you're in school or transitioning out of school or when did that start? No. So, I mean, I think trying to think back so i got my real estate my realtor's license and my mortgage broker license because i didn't know any better and i thought you know at least i'm learning something with real estate yeah, yeah. so i was doing those deals while i was going to school you know i was um listing houses and um getting mortgages and stuff originating mortgages um but i was not investing not till i i, I graduated um, and then the construction company didn't come till two years after that. Like once I was already full-time investor, then I started the construction company. Wow. Okay. So I, I want to go ahead and just transition right into um, syndication because we, we talked about that and that's where you stopped at is. So for the listeners, for the people who are um, coming onto this channel, because this show, um, I don't really talk too much about syndication. I do have some knowledge on it, but um, I've never really explained it to my audience can you just go into it in, in your, you know, can yeah. you define it the way you, you would, please? Yeah. So, I mean, I try to define it pretty simple, right? You, you get a group of individuals together, investors, and you pull the money together and that's what you use to buy the apartments. Um, and those investors are going to be limited partners. They're going to have shares, but um they're not going to be voting on what to do or they're not going to play a role in the day-to-day -day. 
you know, that's for your general partners or deal sponsor team, whatever you want to call it, that are making the day to day decisions. Okay, that that totally sounds simple. Now, is is it difficult to start or is it simple to start? A syndication? Yeah, syndication. Yes. I mean, the, the process of doing it is 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 pretty simple. I mean, you, you hire an SEC attorney to to draft up your paperwork um, and then you got to go raise the equity. That part, I don't think is simple. I mean, that that that's a process. Um, depends on, you know, who you know and, and, and if you have that network, if you don't, I mean, it's 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 not easy. Yeah, you, you're absolutely right. I, look, I've been learning about syndications for a while. I still have yet to pull the trigger on even trying to get started on that because at that point right there, like, who do you know? And I've heard you talk about it many times that you went to live events to find, you know, a lot of your investors, you know, a lot of people that come in and it's a, it's a networking piece. Um, I'm prior military. I know you don't know my background, but I'm prior military. I'm also an introvert. I really don't like getting out there and talking to people, but that's really what stopped me from doing syndication so far, but I'm trying to put myself out there more and more. Just yeah, like, so I don't know if you've heard me say this before, but I mean, I am naturally an introvert for sure. Like, um, before I started doing multifamily investing, even when I was doing the single family, you don't really, to me, single family, you don't really have to build that many relationships and, and, um, you don't have to put yourself out there so much, but for multifamily, I, I feel like it's still a very relationship based business. And, um, man, I, I, I step into the uncomfortable every day, you know, that's kind of, um, you know, speaking at these events, going to these networking events, that is not, um, where I feel comfortable. It's, it's not, but I, I, I know it's what I need to do to accomplish my goals. So I get it done and it gets easier and easier every time. Now, how did you overcome that fear? Like getting out of that introvert world, man, I, you know, it, it's tough, man. It's, um, I think I just had a really strong why and, and I just let that take over like, and then a lot of mindset. So a lot of, uh, I read a lot. Um, well, listen to a lot of books now mainly. Got you. (laughs) Um, and, and it's just a lot of mindset, you know, I don't, I don't let it get to my head, which is what I used to do. Um, you know, I think somebody just said it to me the other day, actually, because, um, you know, I shared the stage with, with Eric Thomas at an event recently, and um, I said something along the lines of, yeah, you know, I, I didn't belong anywhere near um, Eric Thomas as far as on the stage. And uh, that individual told me, that's not true, man. Like you, you've put your, your, you've put the work in, you've put um the time and 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 you do belong like don't tell yourself that and it's true you know a lot of it is you've got to have the right mindset going into things no doubt no doubt and now so we talked about the syndication i guess i want to transition and pivot right into um you get the syndication of course now you have to find a deal of course all that good stuff so once you get the deal you acquire it you get the syndication you know formed and however you want to have it set up 
I mean, project management, how are you, a lot of the projects that I've seen you, you've done, you always have a plan of what are you going to do to add value to a project? Um, how do you get that done? And, and how is that project management being controlled by you as a CEO? Yeah. So, you know, years of, of coming up with uh, <laughs> systems and procedures um, and then finding that team um, and training them to think like investors, not necessarily like a construction company or, you know, a project manager that's just there to do a job. They, they look at everything and they realize, um, you know, budget wise, I'm like, I'm going to spend this much, what's the return on investment or, um, you know, every day a, a unit is not up and leasable. That's money that we're losing. Um, so one is, you know, finding the team, training them, and then making sure you have the systems. Um, and then a lot of upfront work. So what I mean by that is we spend a lot of the time before we even swing a hammer, making sure everything is in line, everything's planned out. And then um, when the time comes to actually do the work, it goes smooth. So during the project management, are you breaking these? Because uh, like I said, these are huge, huge apartment complexes you're buying. So how are you, I guess, phasing the project? You know, because I, I know it could be overwhelming, but I know there has to be some sort of system where you're you're doing it piece by piece. So could you break that down a little bit? Yeah, I mean, look, mo most of our business plans are some type of renovations on the exterior, some type of deferred maintenance. So, you know, hardening the property, whether it's replacing ACs, roofs, um, you know, whatever's not cosmetic, essentially. And then the interior units. I mean, it's essentially those three components um, we want to take, we first want to take care of anything that could further damage the property. So, I mean, if there's roofs that are leaking, we're going to make sure to get yeah. you know, dry in the property. Um, if there's anything that's not safe, if, um, security wise, you know, we want to make sure that the property is secure and, and existing residents feel safe, um, where they're at. So, you know, if we got to fix some gates, put in some cameras, whatever it is, we take care of that first. Um, and then we start working on the curb appeal and what's going to drive in the traffic, um, which is usually, you know, the exterior paint or if we're doing new signage, those kind of things. And that is being done, um, alongside the interior unit upgrades. Wow. Okay. I got it. You know, I, I smile because that's exactly what I'm doing. Like I said, I'm nowhere near your, your, your size, right? But that's the mindset that I have is immediately, you know, stop the bleeding, of course, just something leaking, fix it, you know, uh, security wise, if something doesn't look right, you know, fix that part first. And that's why I tell a lot of people um, who at least ask me questions about, you know, getting started, especially with older homes, older buildings, whatever, like, look, it's going to have problems, but fix that part first and then start going from there. Um, I, I know I skipped a spot, a part where we should talk about due diligence. I know that part takes me, you know, that that's a play in how you actually set up your project management. Could you talk about due diligence, you know, when you're vetting these properties? Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's some of the upfront work that I was uh, mentioning. Okay. So we're very, 
Um, we take the due diligence inspection period um, and really dig in and get detailed. And that's um, essentially when we're building our scope for the CapEx and um, finalizing it. So we walk every single unit. Um, we check all the major components. So mentioned the roof, you know, we scope the plumbing lines, we check all the boilers or chillers or AC, AC units, uh, foundation, if that needs to get checked, we check it, the drainage, you know, all the major stuff gets looked at, documented and accompanied by an estimate of what it's going to take to fix it. And then at the same time, the renovations, you know, we get numbers, hard numbers on all those items as well. So by the, the time we're done with due diligence, we know exactly what it's going to cost us to um, fix everything and also upgrade the property. So, cause I, I want to, I want my listeners and everybody else to understand, cause I, I follow you very closely on um, Instagram, a lot of your platforms. And I know there's some big units, like I think 200 plus unit you talked about, and you said you walked each and every unit. Yeah, I mean we've wow. done a thirteen hundred. We've done a thirteen hundred unit portfolio, and we walked every single unit. That one took a week, but I mean, um, you know, we just did a two hundred unit one and, and knocked it out in one day. So, question: So the the sellers, how do they feel about that when you taking that time to go through each unit? Because I, I know they're like, man, they're. I don't know what their mindset is, but I, I can only imagine how quickly it's going to take for you to get this done. I mean, it, it's pretty uh, standard. I mean, some 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 cut corners and maybe don't do every single unit, but, um, you know, they got to give us access to it. I mean, it's part of the contract. So they, if anything, it just comes down to how many um, personnel they need on site. So um, and we're pretty good with that. We don't ask for too many, you know, as long as uh, usually one person can can go and start opening a couple doors ahead of time. Um, so we usually have about maybe four walk crews. Depends how big the, the site is. Okay. Now I, I want to transition into um, how are you locating your deals? And I guess before that is um, I, I think the big topic is, you know, COVID coming out of COVID and um, how you see the real estate market currently. Um, so finding deals, uh, it's a good mixture of, Brokers uh, bringing us deals, um, you know, we'll look at stuff that's listed if if, if we have a relationship with the broker. Um, but mainly we're getting a lot of off-market stuff and then also got a lot of other investors bringing us deals to help them, you know, partner with them on it and help them get it closed. Um, it's probably about 50-50 of that. Okay. So I want to go into, I, I've watched a lot of your podcast interviews and a lot of people go into like your best deals, things like that of that nature. But I want to go into maybe not, not necessarily your worst deal, but a, a deal that you actually had some sort of um, problem or something you had to overcome. Could you talk about that type of a deal? Yeah. I mean, I can uh, probably the hardest deal, um, I've had to close at least was um, during COVID. So, well, before COVID, right before COVID, 
we were set to close on a 850 unit property in OKC. And uh, man, I remember, so I feel like uh, COVID became real once the NBA shut down. Yeah, I don't that's remember that day, but yeah. <laughs> I was, uh, we were actually out visiting um, a property of that 1300 unit portfolio actually where I was checking on the CapEx for that project. And um, that's when that happened. Well, we were set to close two weeks from that day um, on that large property, the 850 unit one. And, you know, first to go was the debt, the debt backed out maybe a few days after that, they were just like, Hey, we're, we're not lending right now. Um, and then we had a large uh, equity partner that was coming in and, and taking a big chunk of, of the raise on that one. They stuck with us for a bit and we, and we started looking for different lenders and, um, and we finally pieced something together. This was like months into this now, um, a couple extensions in, like we had paid for an extension or several extensions and, uh, we found an option and we needed the seller to give a little and he, man, he was not giving. Um, so that kind of, it fell out of contract eventually. Um, and then we kind of stuck with it even out of contract. Um, and we were towards the end of 2020, um, we were able to kind of piece it back together and the seller was still wanting to sell the property. Um, so we got it back under contract and we ended up closing on it. It still took, I think like six months from there to close because and that, and that wasn't on us. That was, um, on what we negotiated with the seller. They, they needed to get the occupancy up to a certain point. Okay. Um, but we got it done. I mean, we had, uh, we were set to lose about $750,000 on that deal. Um, if we did not so, you know, it really taught us something about being persistent and just kind of, we had to completely restructure the deal from, from the first time we had it under contract, um, for it to make sense the second time. And, and it's looking like a home run. Now we're about to refi on it and, and get a massive, uh, tax credit on it and, um, actually cash out all of, all of our investors, um, or return their capital um in less than a year or so i mean it's wow yeah. that's that's very resilient i mean to, to, to go through having on a contract you know the pandemic of course and then coming back in and actually being able to close that deal i mean that shows that you're resilient your team's resilient because a lot of people of course they, they give up but i mean you're doing it at such a high level i'm pretty sure at some point in your mind like we're going to be able to come back to this deal yeah yeah. And we had, look, so we had, a uh, something else to learn there was, uh, we had built really good rapport with the seller as well. Okay. Um, you know, we always try to get in front of the seller if we can, I know there's, there's brokers involved and brokers are great. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Um, but you know, it pays off sometimes when you can build that rapport with the seller too. That's true. That is true. So, um, George, what, what's the, uh, the future look like for your company? Um, man, like, uh, how far in the future? <laughs> <laughs> uh, give me like five, five years. 
Yeah, five year. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm trying to build, or I'm gonna build something big here. Um, you know, goal by the end of this year is to to have acquired over ten thousand units. Um, I want to start holding more of the properties. Uh, we we've built and structured a few like that, but um, I want to get to a hundred thousand units, man. Like I want to I want to build something that's going to be here once I'm gone and, um, you know, that, that generational type wealth that, uh, my children and their children and yes. whoever else can enjoy. Well, you know what? I'm going to up my goal. Cause I'm like at a hundred units. So <laughs> I'm definitely going to bump it up. You know, that's going to be the ultimate goal for me. Of course, I'm going to do the same. Nice. Nice. I like it. And I, I did want to just, um, I guess sidebar cause, um, I, I've been through all my questions. And I appreciate you taking your time out. But like you said earlier, you were working with uh, Eric Thomas. I did have a question of how that, how's that going? How's that, um, you know, rapport going with him? You know, just working with him. Like, well, I'm not. I wish I was working with him. So we we, okay. we were just speaking at the same event. Um, okay. So, man, he's 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 something special, man. He's got he's got so much energy and and the right mindset. So a lot of mindset um uh but yeah not not working with them uh i would love to <laughs> <laughs> no, that's dope. i mean that, he's one of my favorite public speakers man it, 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 he's one of the per people that gets me out of bed in the morning of course because yeah. just like you said a lot a lot of energy um mm -hmm. but i really appreciate you coming on george i really do uh taking the time out i was really really looking forward to this so i'm glad you were able to make it um I'm going to make sure in the description box, all your information is going to be plugged in so people can follow you, of course. Um, do you have anything that you want to add to or anything that we have maybe I missed? No, I mean, I, I will say if uh, if your listeners want to shoot me an email, so my email is George or Jorge. It's actually spelled Jorge, J-O-R-G-E at ElevateCIG.com. Um, they mentioned the the podcast, man. I'll, I'll send them over. I've got like a vault of free content. Um, that I can send over. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. I really appreciate it. All right. Once again, appreciate thank you for coming on. All right.